Good morning to each one of you in the name of our risen Lord. On this fourth Sunday of Easter, it's May the 3rd, and sometimes it feels like a long time in quarantine. Other times, to me, it seems like it's going by very fast. Our First Peter 2 text asked us, would we rather suffer for doing what is right or for what is wrong, or doing what is wrong or unethical? Now the question may seem trite, obvious, unnecessary, but we're going to look into the context of 1 Peter 2. But first I have a story from my childhood elementary school days in the 1960s. Paddling was an accepted form of discipline, and on two occasions I was paddled. Once for clearly doing what was wrong, and the other time I did not do what was wrong and nonetheless was paddled. So how do you think I felt when I was paddled for doing what was wrong? And how do you think I felt when I was paddled for not doing anything wrong? In Peter's context, we have believers living in a pagan society with intermittent hostility toward those who follow Jesus ahead of the Roman emperor. Some of them are mistreated household servants or slaves who follow Jesus. We can call them citizens of God living under a hostile state. And as in any social setting of power of one over another, there are harsh uses of power and there are more reasonable ones. Slaves in the Roman era were in a quite different situation than the 19th century enslaved peoples of North America, except for one important designation. In the Roman era, slaves were employed in a wide variety of occupations. Physicians, household servants, gardeners, farmers, builders, architects, laborers, and on and on. And they had freedom to come and go as they wished, making the status of slavery somewhat desirable to our 21st century ears. But, designated as non-citizens, they could not marry, vote, and most importantly were considered as mere property, despite their obvious connections and contributions to society's welfare. In a moment's notice, they could be sent away, beaten, stripped of their work status, or even killed. Vital to their survival was public acceptance of the emperor as their lord, the same word we use to describe Jesus. And any sign of disloyalty to their master was seen as disloyalty to Rome. Most significantly, they were like 19th century enslaved people in the, the United States in that they were non-entities considered subhuman in value. Peter addresses these household slaves following Jesus, some who suffered injustice for doing what is right and others for doing what is wrong or unethical. Verse 19, For it is a credit to you if, being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly, 
If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, what credit is that? There is the second century legend of Servitor. He is a soldier serving under the Emperor Marcus Aurelius, and the army is waiting out the harsh winter on the banks of the Danube River. When spring comes, they would cross over and destroy the tribes to the north. And one day, Servitor notices women and children approaching the river on the other side, and after a while he realizes they were searching for food. He just couldn't sleep that night, thinking of these starving people. As a follower of Jesus, he wrestled with two competing loyalties, to the Roman Emperor and to Jesus, who taught his followers to feed the enemy. So Servitor began serving his daily food rations, most of them, for days on end, and then one day, after dark, slipped away to cross the frozen river. Discovered by sentries, he was taken to his commander. His commander took him to the Emperor Marcus Aurelius, and he told the Emperor that he was commanded by Jesus to take food across the river. Though this act of servitor was punishable by death, the astounded Emperor, knowing starvation was the strategy, knowing about Christians, gave permission for servitor to cross the river, and he was never seen again. There's also the well-known account of 16th century Anabaptist, Dirk Willems, who, while escaping from the local sheriff, ran across a body of frozen water, only to hear cries for help from his pursuer, who had fallen through the thin ice. Willems turns back to rescue the man, only to be arrested and subsequently martyred. For our writer of Peter's epistle, to suffer for doing what is right, rather than for what is unethical, is the way to follow Jesus. It's a standard way of speaking of a commitment to Jesus' teachings and example of being and doing unto others with compassion. But today, I speak of a different context, which begs the same question as we began. Would we rather suffer for doing what is right or wrong, right or, or for doing what is wrong? We are walking through a dark valley of COVID-19, yet we're not being mistreated by a visible in-the-flesh master, but by an invisible, unbiased virus. So, the focus shifts to the reality that any of us could contract COVID-19. How then do we conduct ourselves as enslaved persons to this coronavirus? My thesis is this. While there is some public disagreement regarding quarantine measures about what is the right or wrong response, we are living with great opportunity to be and do what is right for others. We know about the unethical behavior, people doing what is wrong to others, which carries a lot of risk in this quarantine. 200 business owners cited for remaining open despite government orders hoarding of food and various goods from grocery stores. I mean, how about toilet paper? Congregations of various faiths holding public worship, especially on Easter. A convenience store chain late to implement masks for employees and social distancing 
until April 27. And then there are those bad thoughts I have had about all the people in the above. When we think of ethical behavior in this quarantine, there is much doing of what is right for others that we have noticed. There is the moving newspaper account of a nurse caring for a COVID-19 patient, guiding him through the suffering and the fear of not being able to breathe, knowing she herself is at risk. And the many other medical providers, safety officials contracting and dying of COVID-19 in line of duty, grocery workers, and other public workers, garbage collectors, etc. There are those advocating for providing food and shelter to our government-designated illegals. There are congregations in Lancaster continuing to provide meals. And then there is Sensenig Mill in New Holland, Pennsylvania. This business purchased thousands of gallons of milk and gave them away over a two-day period. And we also know that many, many people are staying home, observing social distancing, washing hands frequently, wearing masks in public places. The question can be asked, why suffer doing what is right? First, suffering is a form of resistance. By doing what is right, we give witness to what is right, hopefully influencing others to do the same, and in so doing we push back against what is wrong. Secondly, this is our calling because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example so that we could follow in his steps. Or as the message reads from Eugene Peterson, this is the kind of life you've been invited into, the kind of life Christ lived. So we are called to follow the pattern of Jesus, to learn from him, even to suffer for doing what is right like him, rather than to suffer for doing wrong. From the Christian century, April 22nd, Frederick Streets tells a story when visiting a home, and as he was talking to the adults, he noticed a little girl standing by, and he gave her a few sticks of gum. And when leaving this house, he went outside and noticed this girl was sharing her gum with her friends. When we live with God's abundance, my friends, we have a sense of what we need, of having what we need, and always having enough to share. We certainly have an abundance of opportunity to do good and to share in this quarantine time. So friends, let us never, never get used to being and doing what is right. And to do what is right, we simplify and stabilize. And what could be more simple and stable and sustainable than Peter's words, as I paraphrase them, Keep on doing what is right in whatever situation or relationship one finds themselves. Treat others with compassion, even those who cause us suffering, and pray for those who cause suffering and for those who suffer. As Peter writes later in chapter 3, verse 15, In your hearts revere Christ as Lord. 
always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. For just as in the days of the writer of our first Peter text, there are so very many ways to be and do what is right. And if in the acts of being and doing what is right, we suffer in some way, we are joining our story with God's story of the Good Shepherd who said we need fear no evil, for this shepherd is with us, knows us by name, and comforts us. May God bless each one of you as you continue to, to strive to do what is right, be safe, and go well.